Hello and welcome to the Moodle Podcast. Hi everyone and thanks for listening. I'm Abby Fry, Communications Manager at Moodle. We have a very interesting guest on the Moodle Podcast today. It's Bora Arijan, Program Services Director for Building Markets. To give you a bit of context, Building Markets is a not-for-profit and they deliver support and training to small businesses in current countries experiencing social and economic challenges, Myanmar and Turkey, to name but a few. So firstly, welcome Bora. Hi Abby, it's great to be here. Today we're going to talk about Building Markets work and how the Moodle platform has facilitated some of their outcomes particularly in delivering training that fosters new opportunities for small to medium enterprises and, in fact, in their own language. But to give a little bit of context, Building Markets has got some amazing successes and statistics. They've actually brought visibility to over 26,000 small businesses and assisted them in winning over $1.36 billion in contracts. And that, in fact, has helped create more than 73,500 full-time equivalent jobs. They're very impressive stats, Bora, and I imagine it's personally very satisfying to be working with an organisation that's doing that kind of work around the world. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly satisfying uh, for me personally and also to see the uh, effects of our day-to-day work. Um, And at Building Markets, we fundamentally believe that the world's biggest challenges like poverty, climate change, education and health inequity and a lot more cannot be solved without involving the private sector and particularly small businesses. Yeah, and I know that the Find, Build, Connect model is particularly around small business. Can you tell us a little bit about that program? Sure, sure. Thanks for this, Abby. Um, Building Markets, uh, Find, Build and Connect model aims to develop trusted relationships with entrepreneurs. And we use a data-driven approach to strengthen the capacity of our businesses. Uh, So the the primary model, uh, as we said, um, had three pillars, find, build, and connect. Uh, So to give a bit more detail, uh, we develop better market information by finding and verifying small businesses uh, through in-depth surveys conducted by our verification team and and the officers in our team. Uh, We publish the business profiles with collected data in our searchable uh, business directory. So that's the find pillar. And secondly, we build up the commercial and commercial and digital capacity of small businesses uh, through training and advisory services. Um, helping the small businesses in our network to compete in a global marketplace. And finally, uh, we improve market efficiency through our tender distribution services, matchmaking services, and events that enable the businesses to connect with buyers, customers, and capital. Awesome. You know, you mentioned the word entrepreneur. And whenever I think of entrepreneurs, you know, you think of people that end up running uh, multinationals or global businesses. But it's really nice um, to sort of imagine the entrepreneur just starting something small. Do you think everyone has a bit of entrepreneurship within them? Oh, definitely. I mean, um, each individual has an entrepreneurship uh, at a different level. But uh, I, I think 
um, the societies should encourage everyone who uh, who decides to be entrepreneurs. And you know, I know that you're working in challenging environments and obviously there's been this overlay of complexity due to the COVID pandemic. I would have thought that finding these people would historically have rested upon building relationships person to person in the countries you work within. Is that still the case when the situation is difficult because of challenges or COVID? How does how has that evolved over time? Um, actually, it requires a lot of teamwork and effort, as you can imagine. And at Building Markets, we really have a fantastic and dedicated colleagues uh, who work tirelessly in these complex situations to bring the best um, capacity development services to the businesses in our network. So, um, you know, we, we already begun um, the process of searching for a platform that will allow us to expand our digital training offerings to businesses in diverse contexts with, you know, varying needs. And when the pandemic happened, um, we just accelerated our efforts to digitize our training courses. Um, so the, the businesses in our networks uh, speak different languages, you know, reside in countries with different social and political contexts and have different infrastructure challenges, you know, like electricity availability and other needs that had to be considered when we were choosing a platform partner for our courses. Yeah, and so you've got this technical challenge in, um, you know, in an industry that I think probably historically, or my understanding is very people driven. What kind of background do the people have in your organization that are in market? Are they um, community development workers, perhaps, or social workers, educators, or all of the above? Actually, all of the above, plus the private sector background employees. So I can say like all of the above, including private sector. Challenging environments, COVID pandemic, you've identified the need to deliver some of your courses online. And I know that local language is important to you. Um, You've told me a little bit about your project in Myanmar. Can you explain a little bit about the journey to delivering training online in Myanmar? Sure, sure, Abby. Um, So in Myanmar, uh, the team faced challenges not only of COVID, but also social unrest due to the political situation. And this translates as uh, in-person gatherings were not possible. And we need to be creative on our digital solutions. So uh, our main program in Myanmar uh, supports recycling small businesses. And these businesses mostly operate informally. And our training courses and advisory services really help these businesses to strengthen their capacity in areas like uh, financial management, marketing, uh, and making them more competitive uh, when they apply for contracts. So we also help these businesses measure the environmental impact of their waste collection efforts, uh, you know, through our training courses on the circular economy. Uh, So Um, Especially uh, in markets like Myanmar, uh, connectivity can be a challenge uh, where, you know, there are some power outages uh, um, and, you know, unavailability of electricity. So one of the reasons we choose Moodle was because it offered offline learning opportunities and uh, businesses, business owners can download a course and access it on the app uh, and learn on their own schedule and their own pace. 
Wow, that makes a lot of sense. I would have thought connectivity would be, I mean, would be an issue at certain times. So is it fair to say that a lot of people are using their mobile device to access training? Um, I mean, it, it's, we can say it's health and health. So uh, they can still use their laptops as well. But yeah, on most occasions, because of um, the, the unavailability of services, yeah, mobile apps is crucial for the people, you know, who are uh, tra trying to develop their capacity. Absolutely. And of course, I imagine if you can deliver the courses in um, people's own language, that would help as well. I understand that in Myanmar, there was a lot of work done to translate the courses. How did that come about? Um, yeah, I, I mean, to start with the first part of your question, I mean, we believe that uh, delivering courses in local languages absolutely essential to our programs and uh, you know business owners won't be able to benefit from the courses if the courses are not del delivered in their local language uh, but translation also makes our uh, efforts more sustainable and accessible to a larger audience i mean just to give one example uh, our courses have been translated to arabic in our turkey program because we specifically work with syrian entrepreneurs but now uh, it's accessible by any Arabic speaker around the world uh, that, you know, logs into building markets Moodle. I can, yeah, that, that's going to deliver a huge amount of sustainability. I mean, yeah. when you say translate, are we talking like a Google translate or are they more deeply translated? What's the difference? Uh, it's, it's definitely uh, more deeply heavy. So, um, you know, just to give an example of our Myanmar team's effort, uh, throughout 2020 and 2021 um, you know they couldn't run uh, their business as usual uh, due to the reasons I just um, mentioned um, so our team went on to translating 23 courses uh, in our platform to Myanmar language and this was like I'm talking about a team of 12 10 on translation and two on approving the translated strings and when they started the project, Moodle translation support in the Myanmar language was about two to three percent, and now it 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 went above up to sixty percent. So this is uh, because of the flexibility of Moodle's open source software. You know, by uh, adding our courses onto the platform, uh, this support is now around sixty percent. So this is very exciting to us because um, it means that any Myanmar a language speaker can benefit from the translation into their local language for any course on Moodle. Yeah, absolutely. And in translating the courses into local language, I imagine they are um, injected with some local relevance and local context. Would that be right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the team, uh, our team in Myanmar are all native Myanmar language speakers. So definitely we added that local uh, sense into our translation. Mm. And the courses, you mentioned a few of them. So they're really just rounding out. Um, are they sometimes family businesses? Would that be right or or not so much? Yeah, I mean, for uh, for small and medium-sized enterprises, family businesses is definitely a case, Abby. So um, I cannot give you an exact percentage, but I can say there's an important uh, percentage of family businesses involved. Mm. So you're rounding out their skills and they're taking training, I guess, where they might not have experiences 
uh, and that is making them they're in a better position to win bigger contracts or to develop their business further. Exactly. Not only that, and also to create jobs for other people. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, that's a really nice, yeah, that circular economy, I guess, um, that sustainability as they grow their business. Yeah, they create more employment in the local community. And yes, it's nice that you mentioned that um, Moodle's open source community has such an impact on language translation because it is organisations such as yours and the people that work for them who contribute to translating Moodle into languages for people all across the world. Um, and indeed, the work of your translators now means, as you say, that Moodle is available to other Moodle sites in the Myanmar language. So, yeah, that is, in fact, something that we're very proud of. Um, and I think our organisations are aligned. You know, Moodle is very much about equity of access uh, and um, providing educators or trainers the skills, resources and tools um, with that freedom, that open source freedom to allow them to do their work. So it's a really beautiful alignment, I think. But did Moodle often offer other benefits apart from the open source nature or was there other benefits that came with the fact it is an open source platform? I mean, there are a lot. So just to mention a few, um, you know, as, as I've told you, uh, we needed a solution that would offer language fle flexibility, but also offer, you know, sustainability, flexible learning options and freedom to iterate. Uh, so Moodle responds to all these needs in a perfect way, since it's open source, very easy to manage and let you be creative, basically. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it was very uh, helpful. And as you said, as you said, our organizations are totally aligned on this aspect. Was it a big learning journey for team members to learn how to create courses on Moodle or to set up courses in the back end? I mean, it was a big journey and I can say we are still in that big learning journey. Um, our team uh, all over the world learns about um, learns new things about Moodle, you know, that allows us to increase the quality of our modules on a daily basis. Yeah, we have a big learning community, so I'm sure there's there's much ahead. I mean, Moodle was built from a social constructionist theory, which is a fancy way of saying people learn in social situations. So there's a lot of, you know, pedagogy um, in the development of Moodle. Uh, and I imagine that's a journey, you know, it's a journey for your organisation to get better and to embark in this world of in, what we call instructional design. So in other words, to understand how to create engaging courses. Do you think you're on the at the beginning of that journey or somewhere in the middle? Um, I mean, we are, we, I can say we are not in the beginning. Uh, we are somewhere in the middle and we have come a great way, you know, since we first started using Moodle, um, but um, there is still a great potential to be discovered uh, for building markets. Uh, so um, just to give out a few examples, you know, when we first started to use Moodle, what we did was basically uploading the courses we have designed before with some minor changes. Um, but over the last year, uh, we have learned to use Moodle's flexibility on course design and design much more interactive courses. Um, for example, um, on our last circular economy course, we basically designed it 
to match with Google's, uh, sorry, Moodle's flexibility. Um, uh, we, we uploaded some videos, some interactive uh, presentation sets so that uh, the course is much more interactive and much more attractive for learners. Yeah, there is so much that can be done. And I think I think that's a really nice approach. It's sort of that micro movement approach that you deliver something one year and then you improve it. And when I talk to my colleagues internally about journeys with customers, where they, where they have a direct relationship with customers, whereas you guys have been going it alone, they talk very much about that, that, you know, it is a journey of utilising the features better and better and, and the way that Moodle is structured allows for that um, retrospective analysis at the end of a course to see how you can do things better. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, and I can easily confidently say, you know, there's, a, there's still a long way to go for us on fully benefiting from Moodle's abilities in terms of instructional design. Yeah. And of course, I imagine in some markets, you have this complexity of language and in some markets, you know, there may be more than one language. Is, does, do you come across that challenge? Yeah, I mean, um, for, I, I can give an example from our program in Turkey. Uh, so in, in our Turkey program, um, we have uh, basically uh, operating in an environment where the Turkish is the native language, but uh, Arabic speaking community is the main beneficiary. So, um, you know, Moodle brought us this flexibility to develop our online courses in the local language of businesses and enable them not to only have the course in their own language, but also use the overall site in their native language, which makes, which makes a lot of difference in terms of user experience. Um, because in Turkey, uh, most of the online learning options, of course, are built on the native language and Arabic support is not around that much. It is interesting. Yeah, you're delivering in multiple languages, but I'm imagining there is some benefit to you administratively as well so that you can develop your courses for multiple markets in perhaps one language. And then when the translation pro process comes along, you can uh, nuance those courses. So it's that, that works well for you too, I imagine, having this one platform that can really house the development of the course and then the translation work really helps to nuance it for the local market. Yeah, it makes, it makes all the change, Abby, because as, as you said, I mean, especially for like more gen generic courses, uh, it, it makes our life very easy because uh, the, the resources we spend on developing a course in one country translates into all other programs uh, in a perfect way. So th this is this is one of the uh, too many one of too many benefits that we get from Moodle. Yeah, that's cool. And it's been amazing hearing about these examples of the projects that you've currently got going in both Myanmar and Turkey. Um, you've referenced both. Can you give us an indication of some of the results you're achieving? Yeah, I mean, to give uh, some examples uh, from our Turkey project, over the last two years in our Turkey project, we have trained uh, almost 600 unique SMEs. And uh, this capacity development translated into our business development service. And uh, in terms of generating contracts, our businesses have generated more than $23 million over the last two years. And this has led 
creating 2,700 full-time equivalent jobs in Turkey uh, for these small businesses. That's absolutely incredible, I have to say. I mean, the numbers really do the talking there. Can you give us any little anecdotes so we can bring those numbers alive? Some, perhaps a story about one business in particular. Yeah, I mean, to tie it uh, to Moodle as well, you know, right now we have 580 active users on Moodle. And one of those users is Emir. Uh, he's the owner of Emir Tourism Agency in Istanbul. Uh, and Emir came from Damascus in 2013, and he started his own business uh, and became an entrepreneur in 2019. And of course, unfortunately, soon after Emir started his own business, COVID-19 outbreak has started and it struck the tourism sector very hard. So while he was struggling with those challenges and uh, COVID-19 restrictions, uh, Emir discovered Building Markets Moodle and he started to enroll courses with his team. And through the capacity development services on Moodle, uh, Emir and the team were able to build their digital market marketing capacity through the tailored training courses. And this enabled them to find new alter alternatives to overcome their uh, marketing challenges. Uh, so uh, just to quote Emir, uh, he says, the training topics are very interesting and important. And I attended all the courses with my staff. The best thing is you can attend the courses at any time. So this was just one small example. Wow, that is really inspiring. Just the resilience and resourcefulness of people that are in difficult situations in new environments is just, exactly. it really is incredible. So thanks for sharing that with us. Look, thank you. Um, I appreciate your time and it's been great having a chat to you. And, and thank you for the great work the organisation is doing. And we're very glad that Moodle can assist in a small way in that journey. Thanks to all our listeners today. If you'd like to learn more about building markets and their important projects, of course, you can visit them at buildingmarkets.org. And of course, you can learn more about Moodle at moodle.com. If you'd like to know more about Moodle's language translations, you can visit lang.moodle.org. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time.